This is Laura Deirdre with the Becker's Healthcare Podcast. I'm thrilled today to be joined by Dr. George Rawls, Senior Vice President and Chief Medical Officer of Orlando Health. Dr. Rawls, it's a pleasure to have you on the podcast today. Hi, Laura. Glad to be here. Now, I know we've got a lot to talk about, a lot happening in, in healthcare right now, but before we dive into our questions, can you tell me a little bit more about yourself and your background? Sure. Uh, so I'm George Rawls. I'm an emergency physician by training, um, but have been serving in a um, chief medical officer role with Orlando Health now for, gosh, just over two years. Uh, prior to that was a chief quality officer at our main campus, Orlando Regional Medical Center. Uh, and prior to my, to my administrative time with Orlando Health, I was a, um, in the public health sector, in the public sector, really um, uh, doing public safety uh, oversight for Orange County government um, and um, was also involved with uh, oversight of the EMS system and some other public health um, operations that the county had. Uh, so um, currently still um, trying to maintain a, a, a bit of a clinical presence, work about a day a week in the ER, but my full-time job is here in the uh, corporate leadership uh, suite of Orlando Health. Got it, absolutely. So when you think about um, going from you know practicing medicine and really focused on patient care to then um, becoming more a part of the administrative side of things in, in an executive role with the health system, you know, mm-hmm. what really do you see as being um, important aspect of the shift in what do you, I guess, bring to this role having spent so long in uh, medical care? Yeah, you know, I think I, I was lucky um, in that my medical training was emergency medicine, and there's a lot about administrative work in healthcare that feels like the ER at times. There, um, There's a lot of uncertainty and things uh, require, um, you know, a constant shift of attention back and forth. Um, and, you know, the idea of, of uh, trying to adopt the mindset of an expert generalist, try to be uh, good at a lot of things uh, and know when you have to tap in the resources around you to get that, that you know, level of expertise you may not have uh, on an issue. Um, that, that was really great sort of background training for me as I, I made my move into administrative roles. Um, and then you really, I would say mainly um, the, the amount of time I spent in administrative roles uh, over the years in different um, capacities with different organizations has uh, really made it, um, you know, an easy transition for me to move into the CMO role here at Orlando Health. That's great to hear. Now, what are the top issues that are consuming most of your time today? Well, we're still um, moving through the uh, tail end of the last COVID wave, as everybody I'm sure knows, um, and looking across you know, our health system at some of the after effects of that. Um, Definitely spending a lot of time ter- talking about how to um, restabilize our workforce, the amount of uh, disruption that the pandemic caused to our uh, nursing staff, to our allied, allied health staff, to our physicians and, and other uh, team members. Uh, you know, that, that, that effect is still lingering and we, we've got to get that sorted out because when it's all said and done, the way things are right now with the healthcare workforce, not just at Orlando Health, but across the country, is really not where we need to be. So we've we've got to uh, get uh, that element of our operation stabilized. So we're spending a lot of time on that. Um, and a lot of that work is around um, trying to make sure that this is, you know, Orlando Health in particular is, is a best place to work, that people know that this organization is worth making a commitment to, uh, and getting them past the point that they're feeling like they're just surviving uh, through the pandemic, but really just thriving and, and turning their attention back to um, to excellence and the things that, really, we, that we think really bring, you know, restoration after, you know, what they've been through over the last two years. 
Um, also trying to get our teams refocused on our quality and, and safety work. So it's not to say that that was ever abandoned during the pandemic, but it certainly required us to um, reprioritize some things uh, because we were dealing with uh, uh, such a resource deficient scenario. Um, and now we are back to thinking about, you know, our, our longer term goals, uh, working through some of the, um, the kind of very specific tactics that we had um, set into motion a few years ago that we need to bring back uh, to, to reduce our, uh, our harm events, to improve our quality and to do the job that we are expected to do for our patients. Um, and then I think finally, you know, the other place we're spending a lot of time now is, is trying to find the right way, the most effective way to support our team members and our medical staff to get them back to the point that um, this uh, becomes sort of like a historical event in their minds and no longer sort of that sense of a sort of a lingering impact that's that's getting in our way. So, um, you know, that, that, you know, work around trying to reestablish, you know, a, a good positive uh, baseline to move forward from is what we're working on heavily right now. Got it. I think that makes a lot of sense. You know, and when you look at the workforce, especially the medical staff, um, what do you see as being, uh, you know, the elements that you're able to offer um, medical workers and, and staff members that really do make Orlando Health a great place to work? I know there's so much going on. Um, and when you think about, you know, what gives you um, an advantage or the ability to um, just really care for your workforce. How do you approach that and strategize around that for the future? I, I think it's it's a, a lot to do with purpose, uh, trying to remind people why we're here. Um, I, I think there's also an element to that that's about giving our team members and our medical staff a voice. Um, you know, we, um, we talk uh, a lot about our performance using um, spreadsheets and data and, you know, showing, you know, trends up and down, but um, that there's a lot of focus right now on, on, on spending time with the people that are actually taking care of patients, listening to them uh, and allowing them to participate in that sort of restorative activity uh, for the organization, but as individuals. And, and that's, that's, you know, I think an important part of making sure people know um, that uh, we recognize them and notice them for the job that they did. So um, I think that's an important thing that, that I think just think about in general as a healthcare executive right now. And I think most people have probably, you know, tapped into that, that um, the, you know, we got through this pandemic because of the hard work and sacrifices made by people um, at the bedside. Uh, and on the leadership teams, our job was to make sure that they kept, um, that they, they were able to do their job by making sure they had the right equipment, the right resources. But at the end of the day, this was, um, this was really a, a you know a, you know an effort that happened you know again at the bedside on the wards in the hospitals in the clinics. Um, so we need we need to make sure that we go to them for for answers, making sure that they participate again in this process of of bringing ourselves back to where we want to be. And I and I think you know giving people a voice is one of the most important ways to make sure that they feel engaged. And engagement is again one of those things that makes people realize that um, that they matter, and that's what we're after. Absolutely. That, that sounds fantastic. Um, you know, and really, I'm sure it will make a lot of difference for your team members. Now, when you think about COVID-19, obviously, we've talked a lot about it already, but what do you think the lasting legacy will be moving forward on the healthcare system? You know, I, I think the most, you know, like tragic, you know, part of the whole thing was, is not, you know, the impact on the workforce and some of the difficulties that we had as an operation. The most tragic impact, obviously, was 
impact on, on the community and on people that suffered through through um, the disease. And, and you know, that, that unfortunately is going to be something that's going to stay with us for a long time. Um, but I think there's more to it. Um, I, I, I believe that there's also an element to this experience that has made us stronger. Um, we will never forget, you know, things like, you know, the um, you know, the importance of leveraging global surveillance to allow us to be better prepared, uh, the need to be good at rapid learning cycles. You know, we were making changes, you know, sometimes daily based on what we were hearing from other locations or experiencing within our own walls. Um, understanding things like, you know, the, the vulnerability supply chains and, and how leadership, you know, matters and makes a difference in the way um, people operate. Uh, and feel, which was an important part of this. It wasn't just how well they were operating, but how they felt while they were doing it. Um, and and then and, and you know those tools that we all brought out to help us manage through this crisis. Uh, those are things that I think um, sort of can be packaged into you know a legacy around uh, knowing um, that we accomplished something as a country and as a global community um, that we did best because we aligned our efforts and resources. And I think that is, this, this won't be the last time we have to do this. There's no doubt. But I think it's been a long time since we had to do this, uh, as a country. So I think that's going to be one of those things that we'll, we'll take forward with us that, um, you know, we've been through something, uh, life-changing, um, and, uh, we shouldn't forget that the, the way we got through it was together. That's a really great point. And, you know, definitely will be important for organizations across the country to instill within their cultures. Now, I think the last question I have here is, where do you see the biggest opportunity for innovation in healthcare today? Mm. There's, there's a lot. I'm sure that, you know, there's a lot of opinions about this out there, but, you know, I, I think if I had to um, pick a couple general areas, one would be um, there is a massive amount of opportunity um, in healthcare uh, by better utilizing data. Uh, we produce tons of data in healthcare, but we don't really, you know, uh, consolidate that into into super useful tools yet. It, it's there, and I know we're moving in that direction. But leveraging the power of the data that we produce uh, uh, to develop things like artificial intelligence solutions. Um, changing the way we we diagnose and monitor diseases. Um, you've probably seen some of the uh, advancements in AI uh, around imaging and robotic surgery. But even just think about, you know, even on the consumer end, how um, personal monitoring devices, whether it's a home blood pressure machine or it's, or it's, an, or it's a watch or it's, it's um, monitoring devices and clothing, all that data that's coming out of um, out of our sort of tech-rich environment right now, I think it can be and will be ultimately better used to help us make the right type of decisions for patients. Um, and I think one of the things that we have to remember on that front um, is, you know, because data tells a story that we need to make sure that we know where that data is coming from, and we also need to make sure we know what uh, gaps that data has in it. Uh, so um, we've got to give some attention um, as we're going through this exercise of better utilizing our data uh, to mitigate the risks of data gaps on underserved populations, as an example. But those are things that we are learning, and I think ultimately that that um, that really sort of rich environment of information is going to get brought together into much much more useful tools for us. Um, definitely saw you know some interesting things with COVID in in um, the use of monoclonal antibodies. Uh, you know that was something that we had seen in the cancer world, but really didn't see a whole lot of it outside of that. 
at least not, you know, mainstream. And, and now it's in monoclonal antibodies is, you know, something that most people have experienced at some point, even in the community, people know what that means. So I think that that's a therapeutic um, innovation that I think is going to move rapidly based on some of the experiences with this recent um, use of them outside of the cancer population. Uh, obviously, what we saw what happened with vaccines was an amazing, you know, again, sort of team effort around the world to, to, um, to produce products that were effective on very, very short timelines. I've, you know, some other very interesting things I, I've read about that I think, you know, get back to how do you make, um, how do you make it a good place to work? How do you ensure your team members know you recognize the burdens that, you know, working in healthcare can place on people? So using, you know, technology um, outside of the OR, like, um, or clinical settings, uh, like things like robotics, uh, you know, using service of social robots, there's some of that activity happening as well, where there might be, you know, a listing of a burden on team members by having autonomous systems that can clean rooms, um, having systems that can transport supplies, um, even the use of robots in, in patient and visitor engagement, where, you know, right now, you know, we have, a, again, a very thinly spread nursing staff. And, you know, it might, might seem out there, but I do think, you know, we will see a future where we have a robotic, um, you know, social support, you know, where it may not be um, a nurse. It, could, it might be a, something else that we use to engage a patient to encourage them to comply with certain treatments or mobility exercises. So I think there's, there's opportunity there as well. Um, it, when we think about robotics in healthcare, we think about, you know, surgical robots. And I think there's a lot more out there that we can use them for. Um, I definitely have been tracking some um, some advancements in uh, patient-specific devices uh, and products being developed uh, by using 3D printing, um, things that, um, you know, can sort of make our healthcare delivery more tailor-made to an individual. Um, and But, yeah, I'd say if I had to pick a, a big category that I would love to see us make advancements outside of the data piece I just described is things that uh, make it easier for our patients uh, to navigate the healthcare system. And I mean, really easy, um, not just patients, but the people that care for them. You know, technology to enhance ease of use, um, and it might seem extreme, but, you know, I've asked questions like, you know, can we make it as easy to arrange a colonoscopy as it is to order a latte? Um, you know, there's, it, it would be a different world if, if we had the same level of ease of use in healthcare, given and obviously it's a different regulatory environment, and there are there are some steps in the healthcare decision making that require more than somebody's desire to do something. But you know, when we know somebody needs something, it should be really easy to get that. And, and I'm hoping to see that technology will advance our ease of use in healthcare um, moving forward, um, because you know I think it's, you know we are clearly behind you know the rest of the markets out there. Um, and then finally, I think also in, in the making it easy for people to use our system, I think there's an opportunity to innovate around, you know, service delivery models. We, um, you know, we've been static and I think COVID pushed us forward a little bit faster than we might have otherwise uh, on the way we engage patients. And I think um, the idea of having a broader range of access points might have in the past made us think about bricks and mortar, you know, build a, a clinic or build a hospital. but we know now that there are other ways to do it and in putting the regulatory barriers aside for right now i think our future you know um in delivering you know healthcare is going to 
include you know much more and again this is also part of an uptake issue with patients but much more uh, virtual visits remote engagement telepresence other ways to make it easier for people to access the system without uh, you know without having to you know create more bricks and mortar infrastructure or for patients to have to move they might want to do things and I think we see that more and more now people want to do things you know when they can and where they are um, as opposed to uh, coming to us, you know, within our, you know, standard business hours. So I, I definitely think there's an opportunity there um, to um, to innovate around, you know, ease of use. Um, and the other good thing we have right now is, I mean, there, there's, there's no doubt that we should leverage the power of the handheld devices that we all carry. Um, so any way that we can try to, you know, uh, sort of align, you know, what our business and, and, and commitments are to the communities that we serve with, um, with the community's ability to access us. If we can make those alignments kind of clean and, and efficient, I do think, you know, over time, those type of innovations are going to change the way we, we uh, deliver care. That's a really great point. And it's such an interesting view of healthcare and healthcare delivery um, that you see coming forward for us. I think it's so amazing to see how technology is evolving and can really support patient care while at the same time, continuing to, um, you know, grow and develop team members to really do what's best for the patient. So Dr. Rawls, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast today. This has been a really fascinating discussion and I look forward to connecting with you again soon. Sure, good to talk to you.